Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Washington Capitals edition. It's hard to believe that it's January and we are just now playing the Washington Capitals, but here we are. And I am joined by Adam Stringham, who is a writer over at Japer's Rink, and he is the host of their podcast, Japer's Rink Radio. Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Good, good, good. Thank you. Everyone should know that I completely forgot that this was a back-to-back game week and Adam came through in like five seconds to do this podcast. So he's a hero and everyone should treat him as such. (laughs) Well, happy to be here. So let's just get right into things. Um, One of the things I wanted to ask you just because I'm kind of curious about it is the league makes this whole big to do about the all-star game being for the fans and it's a fan event and the players are going for the fans, blah, blah, blah. Do any Capitals fans care that Alexander Ovechkin is not going to the All-Star game? Um, you know, I, I recorded an episode last night with uh, my co-host, Kevin Klein. And, um, you know, I, I told a story about how in, I went to the 2008 All-Star game in Atlanta and how, you know, I, I was still pretty young and it was pretty, you know, young and impressionable. And, and it meant a lot to me to kind of see Ovechkin in the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was back when the Capitals sucked and or that was the first year they didn't suck rather, right? So mm-hmm. it was just a a bit of a, a big deal to kind of see, you know, your player on the national stage. Yeah. Um, I, I think currently that matters a bit less for the Capitals because, you know, they don't suck anymore. Yeah. But uh, I do know that my interest in watching the game is a bit uh, less without Ovechkin. And uh, I, I understand why he isn't going. Um, and I think almost everybody that's a Capitals fan does. But at the same time, um, it, it is a bit what the players sign up for. And, uh, you know, I, I personally, uh, for selfish reasons, wish he'd be there. He'd be there so I could watch him play. Fair. But you're probably going to like watching him play more in the playoffs, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Capitals have their bye week right after the All-Star game. Mm. So, um, he, you know, he, he'll get a few extra days for, for not going. But um, it, it's, this isn't exactly the most grueling part of the schedule for the Caps. Yeah. Um, so I, so I, I think, you know, and, and he went to the All-Star game last year, and that worked out pretty well for him. So, <laughs> well, yeah, things went kind of well for you guys. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that we were kicking around in the Broad Street Hockey Slack chat today, um, kind of in the wake of an exciting football weekend for the city of Philadelphia, was kind of this weird thing that we've, well, I've personally noticed it because I'm not really a football person, but so the Eagles won their first Super Bowl ever last season, which you would think would give them a little bit of leeway with the fans, but I'll tell you, like, every pick, every lost game, like, every bad play that happened in the Eagles game this year, the Eagles fans were up in arms about it, complaining, pissed off, all of this kind of stuff. And so we were kind of wondering, since you guys won your first Stanley Cup last year, has there been a change in the way that the fan base kind of approaches this team? Are you guys, like, turning into and stuff for all Boston Bruins fans? Like... <laughs> 
like what has anything changed or is, is everything still the same in capital land um i i think we're a bit more easygoing this year <laughs> um generally speaking i i know from my experience you know each time i get a little riled up um i just kind of you know if i'm at the game just kind of look up at that banner and yeah. feel a bit better so it's um it's definitely I just think there's just not as much pressure at all um, for the fans or the players. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun entertainment product, which is how it should be rather than kind of this, you know, you you go to the regular season games um, and a win is kind of expected, you know, in the past it was just kind of old hat. Now it's, uh, you know, it, the, the, the party ended, it's still kind of going on. I mean, people's, Every time something bad happens, you just kind of remember Stanley Cup champions. So, seriously, uh, I'm hope I'm hoping that will keep kind of going for you know indefinitely. But uh, I'm sure once the playoffs, I'll start getting a bit more antsy. Um, I, I know I have trouble getting kind of bent out of shape about things that um, I probably would have written about in the past. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I mean, honestly, if the Flyers won a cup, I'm not sure I would be bothered to get worked up about anything that happened <laughs> thereafter. It would just like, I could like die the next year and it would be okay. Everything would be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie though. That was a thought that has crossed my mind. If I was, <laughs> I was glad yeah. I was here for it. So, okay. So to get into this year's capitals a little bit, one of the things that's kind of carried over from last season with you guys has been the fact that the underlying numbers that the stats folks like to look at all the time aren't super great for the Capitals. And they weren't super great last year and obviously didn't matter. Um, so do you, like you as someone who covers the team and the fan base in general, do you think that there's kind of like an underlying fear that at some point the team's actual production is gonna regress to something closer to these underlying numbers? Or do you think that this is just a team that's so talented that shooting at 11% is just a sustainable thing for them. So um, Kevin Klein wrote about this a, a few weeks ago for the site. And I, and I also kind of uh, took my little sideshow to, to kind of uh, look at it um, mm -hmm. using kind of evolving wilds expected goals metric. Uh -huh. um, and, and I think what you could really see, um, you know, historically the Capitals do outperform their expected goals. Um, you know, that that's really been the case for for years now. Really, really in the whole advanced stats era, the Capitals have generally been better um, than what you would expect um, offensively, and that makes sense when you have generational talents like Ovechkin, and um, you know, you still got guys also that are real high like, skill guys. Yeah, you know, um, when I think about a guy that's that's all kind of um, a skill player over what we would even as a typical um, like possession metrics or something. I think of a guy like Evgeny Kuznetsov. I mean, he is a guy that will just kind of, he'll pass up three or four opportunities on a shift that you'll just, you know, be irate that he's passing up, but he'll get the one that's like a 60% a chance instead of a few of the 15% ones or, or 10 or five that, you know, I, I for most players would want them to take. So um, I, I do think there's a fear that the Capitals are going to kind of regress, and, and that's what they're doing right now. Um, we've kind of seen their offense slow down. Um, but that's because this year they were, were well above even their historical outperforming of their expected goals metrics. So, uh, you know, last year they were kind of on 
uh, luck steroids, right? Or, or they were really lucky, and this year, uh, um, lucky, if you're going to call it luck, which, you know, shooting talent, as I was just saying. But um, it, it's kind of slowed down here. And, and, I, and I think they'll kind of end up where they were last year, which was uh, better than their underlying metrics. And um, people should note that they, they, in my mind, and this is something we kind of debated a lot at the at Japers Rink, is that the underlying metrics were a lot better for that team after the trade deadline mm-hmm. and um, the, the Michael Kempney acquisition. And also, kind of in the playoffs, they they were on the right side of all those metrics, uh, despite playing against you know, arguably very good teams. So, okay, one of the guys I want to one of the guys I want to talk about, because <laughs> um, you guys actually have three all stars, which is a lot. Um, in addition to Ovechkin, Brayden Holtby, who is uh, playing excellent as he always does, um, mm-hmm. and John Carlson. And I personally, when you guys signed John Carlson to that contract, was like, ooh, that seems like a lot of both money and term for that guy. Like, is he actually that good? And I kind of wondered if that was going to be one of those contracts that, you know, a team kind of looks back on in a couple of years and is like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Um, But this year, he is like, for all intents and purposes, making himself out to be a Norris candidate. And obviously, as an all-star, he's he's playing extremely well. What do you attribute this kind of improvement to? You know, it, it's tough because he has looked great at times in the past. He has been a uh, really productive guy. I mean, and and if he struggles kind of defensively, uh, he's always kind of made up for that, um, both on offense and with really his power play production um you know I, i've long thought that mike green did a better job than john carlson in that spot over you know the last 10 years but um you know carlson's been great there as well and i think what we've kind of seen his game develop is he just looks more comfortable defensively um I, I don't think i've ever seen him be so good at kind of poking the puck loose as we've seen him this year um i I have no idea what could be responsible for that change. You know, he's not, he's not like a spring chicken anymore. He's even if you kind of subscribe to the theory that defensemen take longer to age, which I I don't really know if it's backed out in the, in the numbers. Um, You know, he, he's not young anymore. I think it was a, I thought it was a big contract. I thought it was uh, a potential overpay, but if you're going to overpay, I'd like it to be for a guy that you consider to be one of your like top two defensemen. Um, or, or when you're elite forwards, right? Don't make it for you know. Don't give Jay Beagle four million dollars or whatever, whatever Vancouver gave him. Or um, or give Tom Wilson six years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Tom Wilson is like close to a point of game this year, though. So I think I thought that I was. Didn't go thought, on the podcast about talking about Tom Wilson. Uh, no, of course not. I mean, I, I thought Tom Wilson's contract was going to be a total bomb, and so far it's looked okay. Uh, I mean. Granted, you probably should like apply his cap hit still at all those games he couldn't play because he was suspended. Yeah. I mean, the team still has that hit their cap, but uh, <laughs> no one's going to kind of blame him for not having that production. So, yeah, um, yeah but Car- Carlson's been good. Yeah. I know, like, last time I looked, he was the number one uh, war player for um, Evolving Wild. So I'm sure it's changed since then, but I'll live in that fantasy world for now. Yeah, I guess sometimes, I don't know, so, like, Half the Flyers had career years last season that didn't make any sense. I think sometimes it just happens. Like, guys just 
have a year that pops for whatever reason. I guess it'll be interesting to see if he keeps it closer to this year or closer to last year. I don't know. Something to watch, I think. Um, As I said, last year's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's true. It's like easy to, because it's like one of those things where like, if you think back to last regular season, I'm not sure that anyone was like thinking that the Caps were going to march their way to the cup, but then they did. So none of that really matters at the end of the day, which is (laughs) one of those fun hockey things that all of the stuff that we talk about for nine months doesn't actually mean anything as soon as the playoffs start. (sighs) Yeah, that's, that's hockey. <laughs> our lives talking about hockey. Anyway, so as we head towards the trade deadline, um, what, if anything, would you do, if there is anything, um, to kind of make this team poised for a second run at the Cup? Do you think they need to make any changes, or do you think things are good? Um, I think I think that they could upgrade, potentially, um, the, you know, I've banged Andre Burakovsky's drum for years, and I, I just think it might be time for that experiment to come to an end. I think he's a he's a good player who has flashes of brilliance, but he just he just really struggles to put it together consistently. And if the Capitals could get um, you know a really solid um, complimentary piece to go on that wing, maybe I'd move him. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking. I, I think it's hard to find a guy that will do more than Burakovsky um, this year to help the team win, yeah. uh, or at least be a gamble without kind of giving up a lot of future stuff. So um, honestly, I think the Capitals, if they're going to do anything, maybe should do some moves like we saw last year, a little small tweaks, yeah. um, you know, the company acquisition, um, you know, uh, the Eurobeck acquisition guys that, uh, on the back and gave some additional depth, but they, they've done pretty well this year with the young defensemen they've been playing. Um, you know, it, Brooks Orpik's going to get a lot of, be in the lineup a lot, but he's he's really probably the seventh or eighth best defenseman on the team. So I, I think they'll, I think they're, they're generally okay, but you know, any good GM should listen for offers if they're out there. Fair. Um, so if you were going to be giving the Flyers some advice about how to beat your team, um, in this game tomorrow night, the first time they're seeing them this season. As a Flyers fan, I would imagine that the key is probably containing the offense and second to that, probably finding ways to beat Holtby. I'm assuming we're going to see Holtby, right? I believe so. Yeah. I'd be surprised if it's not. So if you were going to give some advice to the Flyers about how to beat your team, what would you tell them that they should do? Uh players that I'm playing the Capitals right now. I mean, granted, they did just beat Detroit, but they've not been playing particularly well. Okay. Um, as we said, they've been struggling offensively. Um, so I think the way to let these, you know, their opponents have kind of been able to hold the caps down is uh, you kind of do what you do against everyone, right? You want to eliminate their time and space. Um, the thing is with the Capitals is is typically if you kind of get too aggressive doing that, um, one, they have skill to burn you, but the bigger thing is that if you get caught taking an interference penalty or a hooking, they'll burn you on the power play. But that's not the case right now. The Capitals' power play has been awful over the last about month. I think they've only got one or two goals over the last like 24 opportunities or something. Oh, wow. So, yeah, this is a team that's really been like a top three power play um, for about five years now, I'd say. Maybe maybe not quite top three. But, you know, you, you think power plays that are effective, you look at the Capitals. They've kind of... They kind of innovated that that their 
the one three one right on the power play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that would really be uh, my kind of hints to the Flyers is if you're going to play overly aggressive and kind of goon it up against the Caps, now's probably the time because uh, they, they haven't looked like a team on the power play just waiting to break out either. I mean, they just look awful. So uh, <laughs> I think I'd probably uh, see what Gudis can do. And uh, yeah, don't, don't be afraid to clutch and grab a little bit. Yeah. Well, the Flyers abysmal power penalty kill has gotten um, incrementally better, but if the Capitals are going to break out against any penalty kill, <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. I always like to just, Stay out of the box, dude. You, it's not great when we're down a man. So we'll see what happens there. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, the Flyers are very good at getting other teams out of funks, particularly this season. So maybe that won't happen, but we'll see. Um, okay. So one of my favorite things to ask everybody who does these podcasts is to give me a player that Flyers fans might not think is going to make an impact on this game, but that you think will, and he, even though he flies under the radar a bit, somebody that we should keep an eye on during the game. Um, Jake Yarward, he was drafted actually in a few years ago uh, in the first round. He has kind of slowly um, kind of, progressed he's got a nice kind of linear progression he hasn't he's not a guy that's been all over the place he was very good in hershey a few years ago and uh was kind of a under the radar guy in in the cup run last year uh he played a big part in beating pittsburgh in that game uh five in washington which not not the deciding game but um really one of the more important ones where the caps were trailing uh entering the third period and he's a guy that you'll notice his speed and i think uh, that's where the NHL is headed, and that's where it's. I mean, that's where it is actually now, right? It's not really. I don't even think it's fair to say it's where it's still heading, um, and, and that's kind of what Vrana does really well. Um, recently, he's actually been really good on the kind of sneaky comes in and does the little lift checks on the defenseman when they're not suspecting. Um, you know, I, I think that's something I'd be I'd be looking for is is, is see how he does he he's not gonna jump out to you too much until you kind of see him skate with the puck and all of a sudden he's got like a semi breakaway and he just, he's been, uh, and he did, and he did it in the uh, cup winning game against uh, the Vegas golden Knights as well. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you, if you want to look out for some breakaways on the flyer side, keep an eye on Dale Weiss. I don't know if you know about him, but (laughs) (laughs) offensive dynamo Dale Weiss. (laughs) Watch out. (laughs) Yeah. So, Everything's bad here, so I like to make jokes. Um, <laughs> any flyers that you like watching when our teams play each other? Um, you know, I've got a lot of great friends that are Flyers fans, and uh, you know, I, I've I've always kind of liked watching Claude Giroux when he's, especially when he's hitting Crosby in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's been a rough year for Provorov, um, but I'm really yeah. hoping that I'm kind of. I'm hoping if someone on the Flyers impresses me, it'd be him, uh, just because I think he's a guy that uh, at least when he's playing well, and I think he he kind of needs to to snap out of it a little bit. I mean, there, but Wayne Simmons is always a fun, entertaining act as well. So we'll we'll see if he's still on the Flyers at the uh, kind of the trade deadline. I, I know my, my co-host yesterday thought kind of thinks about Wayne Simmons as being a potential rental for the Capitals. So we'll see how that plays out. I have to say, like, so I ask everybody this question, and 
I would say that like a solid 70% of the people that I ask say Wayne Simmons, which is like super interesting to me because um, he's having a really crappy year. But like, <laughs> every single person that I talk to wants them on, on their, wants them on their team, which like I totally get because he's, when he's on, he's, he's a really good asset to have on your team. But um, yeah, I would kind of like to ask people like follow up and say like, Hey, after that game, you still, <laughs> you still want Wayne Simmons on your team or are you kind of seeing what we see? But I don't know, which, I mean, it totally works for me. I hope that NHL GMs are of the same mind as you and that we can get some stuff for him at the deadline, but we'll see. He would make a good That's rental, true. I think. For a, for a team making a run, I think he would be a good rental. Yeah, well, that that's your sell. That's your pitch right there. I mean, hey, he might be having a bad year, but maybe he just needs a change of scenery. I mean, it's 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 been a it, it, there's been a lot of turnover in Philly, and I think it's probably I imagine it's very hard to play in personally. Yeah, they all um if you like look at their faces halfway through any given game, they all look very miserable. Like I don't think anyone's having fun right now, which is not a great way to play professional sports, I think. I think you got to have a little bit of fun there if you're going to do well. Um, but yeah, I think that if, I mean, if Wayne Simmons goes to a team that might legitimately win the cup, I can't imagine that he wouldn't be turning on an extra gear for that. Like, you know, it's kind of a big deal. Whenever I think of Wayne Simmons, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought he's always been one of the better flyers in the playoffs when I've watched him. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, I don't know if he was last year now that I think yeah. about it, not, um, but he, you know, I think of that cap series, I remember the, the iconic uh, you know, photo of him and Ovechkin telling the crowd to stop throwing the bracelets, and uh, <laughs> uh, then I just kind of think about him actually being a good player as well. So, yeah, um, the bracelet stuff. thing was quite quite a show. That was fun. against the Capitals, but now I'm remembering. Yeah, <laughs> that was not one of our finest moments in Philadelphia. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm just going to ask you to give me a shot in the dark prediction for how you think this game's going to end up. Oof. Well, well, now that I said that the Capitals have really been struggling on the uh, power play, they're going to score <laughs> at least one power play goal. Okay. Uh, so I'm thinking, you know, jeez, oh, I'm going to go three-two Capitals because the Flyers are going to flyer and just uh, do something silly. And it's going to be Provorov because I want him to do something good. So he's actually going to make the mistake as well. So there we go. And Vron is going to score it. The, uh, the game winning goal. I admire your confidence with all of these things that you've said on this podcast. I never get anything right. So if I, if I get one, one of them, I'll feel like I got all, so that's really what counts. The more you put out there, the more you shoot, right? That's true. That's true. Always shoot your shot kids. People forget that. But, okay, so if I'm going to make a prediction, I'm going to talk this out a little bit. So the Flyers are, as we speak, playing a hockey game against St. Louis Blues. Um, they are – they started Carter Hart tonight, which means that you are probably going to see um, backup goalie C or D. I'm not sure which one. I'm assuming it's going to be Mike McKenna because I believe Neuvert is still hurt and Brian Elliott is still hurt and the AHL kids are still in the AHL. So it's got to be Mike McKenna, which is a little bit terrifying um, given the offensive talent that's on the Washington Capitals, but maybe they'll start Carter Hart two in a row. I don't really know. It's hard to say. Um, so I think that's going to make a big difference. If you guys are facing Mike McKenna, 
who I personally have become a huge fan of over the last three days. Um, but I know that he's not terribly good at hockey. So, <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens if, he, if you know, Mike McKenna's got to stare down Alexander Ovechkin seven or eight times tomorrow night. That'll be scary. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I'm going – I'm going three, two capitals, which feels right. honestly, but I don't know. I think a lot of it depends on how tonight goes, and I don't know how that's going to go yet. Hey, back back to backs generally should they should favor the other team, but uh, I'm not going to lie. Capitals don't do particularly well at kind of jumping on those uh, those teams when they're downs. So uh-huh. we'll, we'll see how it goes. So maybe your team will fail in all the right ways and my team will do hockey things in all the right ways and Flyers fans will be happy. And all of a sudden the Flyers are kind of like back in it and they turn things around and that's my the, the year salvaged. No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's <my> your nightmare. <laughs> nightmare. Your right. nightmare is they finish like one point out of the playoffs and then uh, yeah. get a bad draft pick. Yeah. All I want in my life right now is, is Capo Caco. So um, I just need them to continue losing games. It's it's totally fine at this point. Like we're well past success, so let's just dive all the way down to the finish kid who's fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think we've done everything that we came here to do today. I feel like we did uh, all right. Yeah, me too. Yeah, thank you very much for joining me again. This is Adam Stringham from Japers Rink. You can listen to him on Japers Rink Radio. Um, which is the counterpart to Broad Street Hockey Radio. So, obviously, very good names for podcasts. You guys should listen to them. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, Tuesday. Second of the back-to-back game is at 7.30, I believe. I yes, I'll be there. So, yeah, it should oh, be a good one. All right, well, hopefully you get a show either way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hopefully. Adam, thank you very much. Yeah, of course, anytime. All right, go Flyers. Hey guys, this is John Stolnes from The Good Fight and the Phillies podcast, Hitting Season. Man, the 2018 season was, well, it was interesting anyway, and the upcoming offseason looks to be even more interesting. So if you want to stay up to date on all things Phillies this offseason, subscribe to The Good Fight podcast feed and get my podcast, Hitting Season, where I talk to Phillies beat writers, broadcasters, and fellow Good Fight bloggers, as well as national baseball writers, and the occasional interview with Matt Klintak and Gabe Kapler. Also, you'll get Continued Success, a Phil's podcast hosted by Justin Clue and Liz Rocher covering all things Phillies, and The Dirty Inning, a hilarious podcast hosted by Justin and Trevor Strunk looking at the very worst innings in Phillies history. And you'll get bonus podcasts every time big news is made with the team. Seriously, if you want to stay up to date on everything revolving around your favorite baseball team as they return to contention, make sure you are subscribed to the Good Fight podcast feed.